0: Hello, my lovelies. I'm Jay at Site, and this is going to be a little bit different. This, well, it's going to be a lot different, but that is in an attempt to embody what it is that I'm saying. So if you've been with me for years, you know, I, I say that from time to time. Um, in that it's not enough for me to just say something, like, you know, to s- just keep spewing words and information and ideas and thoughts it's equally important to embody it so I'm going to be talking about me in this it's not going to be we I mean I might lapse into that but what I'm really going to talk about is I statements why because I talked so much about I statements last time I'm also not going to edit this at all so I know you might think "Huh? do you edit it I do usually because sometimes I lapse into thought like I pause I take all the gaps out and if I'm coughing, I'll remove the coughing or clearing of my throat and stuff. So usually the talks that I do, I do edit them. So I listen back over them and just edit bits or if I, you know, especially if I'm going off notes that I did last time, um, I will usually, I'm not doing any of that. Like you're, you're going to get this raw. That's part of it. Um, the other thing that I want to say around this is yeah, there's no notes on this because I'm not, I'm not working off any notes. In fact, it's what time is it? It's quarter past eight in the evening. I don't record that late. I've had my dinner. I was sitting here in my pajamas, all showered up, just chilling out in the evening, and I thought, you know what, just do this now. The lightning flash of Uranus came in and was just like just go do it now. Just record it now. I've been thinking a lot about how to do part two of the integrating tool. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, I did a talk which was called Brilliance of the Darkness or something like that. And I, I went into it really in depth. I went into it and talked about I statements and shadow work. And the purpose of that talk was that I know a lot of people. I mean, look at the field that I work in, right? So we're going to look at what I do. Look at my job that I've done for the last, my my career, my work. Every single day, right? It was doing readings for clients making videos for first youtube and then all these other platforms these podcasts right this has been my full-time more than a full-time job business for the last seven years over seven years now even before that i was doing it but i mean really since any of you guys would have known me that's what i've been doing and in that time i've you know I've done things a certain way, I've spoken about cert- certain topics, but a lot of it has been shadow work. I mean, look at the industry that I work in, spirituality, exploring ourselves through tarot, through astrology. And one of the key things, and I've been talking about this for a few years now actually, but it's really been coming up, is this notion of, okay, so we've done all this inner work, okay, so we know so much about ourselves and, you know, Um, all of this stuff. What do we do with it? I know, I know people that they can bloody tell you every spirituality, but all right, you know, any, everything they can tell you about all the great teachers, uh, watch readings, watch videos, know their chart inside out, can do all of that stuff, right? And yet, we still have problems with relationships or finances or like, how do we integrate all of that into our physical reality and that's why I call this series integrating tools so in that last one I tried to like really talk about it in very general uh, very general but specific terms right and what now what does that mean it sounds like a contradiction in that I tried to make well I tried to uh, the talk I did how I do readings So when I do a reading and when I'm, they're two different beasts, right? You read for, or when I read for general, I'm reading energy. So I'll give as many examples as possible of that energy so it can be applied. Now, when I'm reading for a client, it's a specific person with a specific energy signature, with a specific viewpoint, something that they're interested, unless they want a general reading, right? But even then, uh, that person has specific things going on in their, on in their life that aids the interpret like it, it drives home the interpretation they can get very specific I know creepily specific some people have said right but that depends on the client what someone else brings to the table in when you know they used to I don't do client readings anymore but when someone brings that to the table I meet them there I meet them with whatever they bring to the table and we go through it in that way so I've always done that. And then these talks kind of have been like that too, right? So I'm talking about these things. Now, it seems that no matter how much I say, guys, especially now, with all this Aquarius stuff, you know, we've had Pluto move into Aquarius, Sun move into Aquarius, Mercury's in Aquarius. Um Who else is coming next? Venus is coming in. Mars is coming. Like, you know, you've got personal planets moving into Aquarius. So we're feeling it's Aquarius season got a new moon in Aquarius tomorrow like I'm recording this on the 8th of February so there's a lot of Aquarian energy and I'm an Aquarius I'm very Aquarian and especially you know I'm not just an Aquarius but in terms of Aquarian insight that is the lens through which I express and I'm expressing even more through that lens because it matters to me and so I want to talk about all of this stuff but kind of getting off track already um I went through all of the shadow work stuff, right? And all of that stuff that I've done, I only preach what I practice. I only share what I know, what I've done in my life, what I've used in my life, what I can apply to my life, how I can explain my life, right? You know, it's all me that I show up from. And so... I wanted to go through all of that. Now, it was, I was inspired, not it, the talk wasn't, I was the one that did the talk. I talked, I shared all that information and I was inspired um, by all of this stuff that I'm explaining about that, you know, where I know in myself, you know, I could get, I can be, feel like I've, my spirituality, I've got down, right. You know, I know what I'm doing. I'm good on my spiritual beliefs. I'm good in my faith. I'm good on the heaven part and then I'm looking at the earth part and it's like not so great or you know that I've had this before as well the earth part was absolutely great and yet I felt spiritually unfulfilled I felt empty within and it's not about for me I don't think this I don't think it's enough for me just to be you know rich and have all the material luxuries that that, you know, I could have and not have relationships and not have a way to deal with my inner reality or, you know, um, just keep using material things to, to kind of adjust my mood or to keep myself busy and distracted. That's not living for me. (coughs) Excuse me. Sorry. said I wasn't going to edit. Right. Um, now as much as I keep saying that, you know, no one can tell you anything at this time, you talk about Aquarius, you're talking about being authentic. The most authentic thing about you is who you are, not how you do things, although that is a byproduct of you showing up as who you are, you will do things in a a different way. I once heard this story about uh, people that, you know, if you have a company and you have people that come from all over the world and the joy of that is that people think in different ways and one bizarre example that they gave was if you had an American in a kitchen and you had a British person in the kitchen and you said, go get the ketchup, the American would go to the fridge. I think it was American, but but the Brit would go to the pantry or to the cupboard. They wouldn't go to the fridge. And that is different ways of thinking. You have different customs, right? And that's just if you come from a hot country, if you come from a cold country. Or you have different customs, different cultures. Now that's talking just about countries. As human beings, we have different ways of working together, of, of showing up, right? You know, if someone talks about love, right? I, one person might go and think about their kids. Another person might think about that long lost love. You know, you talk to me about love and I'm going into, I can feel it now. My chest is all warming up. I think about humanity and people and, sharing our love with each and building from a place of love like all of that's what love is to me that's why i always say i love you guys i think because i do love you guys and i'll talk a little bit about that in this as well because i'm going to talk to you about you know i was talking about the dance and i was going to call this something like the rules of the dance but i'm not talking about the rules of dance i'm talking about the rules of my dance of how i dance and the rules that i work from and what the hierophant means to me so i've done a lot of shadow work right and now about my shadow I've witnessed again and again in myself how I project and none of this is news Uh, you know I've done talks in the past of um conversations with ourselves every conversation is with ourselves so that one video was in a way a recap very condensed version of the last seven years of everything that I've talked about I've unpacked that broken it down I've pithy little sayings I've got hour-long talks. I've got all sorts of stuff on everything that I shared in that video. None of that was news or was anything new that I said. It was a new way of me presenting it, but none of the content was new. That's all I've talked about for seven years. From the very beginning, from seven years ago, when I was saying every statement is an I, every statement is an I statement. That is uncomfortable. That can be very uncomfortable. The first time I realised that, Was you know when I'm ranting about someone that's pissed me off, or you know I'm frustrated, or look at what this person's done, right? Because there's there was a part of me that was like, oh, but I'm just letting them off the hook, right? If I if I'm taking all the blame myself, these were all onion layers that worked through, right? So I realize every statement's an I statement. It has to be because how I'm viewing the world, I can only view it as myself. I'm the one that's experiencing this, you know, taking ownership of everything that I'm feeling. And it was uncomfortable, you know, because it's like, no, but they did still, they did. They still did say that to me. They still were rude to me. They still did steal from me. They still did lie to me. Like, you know, it that doesn't excuse that behavior, but it's totally giving away my power and that's something that you've heard me say I say all the time in front of video at the beginning of my videos that you know never give up your power that is giving up my power I can't affect what other people do I can rot and stew and just be burnt and be tortured by thoughts of of blame of blaming the other person or I can look at where am I accountable what what you know what did I contribute to this again and you know it all used to come back to blame shame guilt so I spent many years talking about dealing with my own blame shame and guilt so this is a lot of the internal work and, and in that sense I've gone from giving people like cutting people out my life you know the thing that you hear about cold sh- I don't want to say this as well I heard an astrologer talking about you know um Give what was it? Ghosting people or cutting people out of your life or giving them the cold shoulder and stuff, right? And and sadly, I'm was a fucking pro at that. Like, just I could cut people out of my life like it just it never happened. And yet, what I realized in doing that, right? And this is that that's the hierophant. If you if for those, you know, if you did listen to the last video, that that was a rule that came about right so people that do x y and z to me they get cut out of my life without second thought you know even before that even before i had the awareness when it was just ingrained where i wasn't conscious of what i was doing i would cut people out i would just give people the silent treatment to punish them because that's how i used to be punished when i was growing up that you know how you punish someone who's hurt you or done something to you is you give them the silent treatment and I, I've saw my uncles and aunts doing that. I saw all the adults. That's what they all used to do. So that, that wasn't something, that was how I used to be. It wasn't until I, you know, started having relationships as an adult and I realized that is really abusive behavior to do that to someone. It wasn't even because it was done to me. I just realized it in myself, how cruel it was to do that to someone. Um, but I'm talking about all of this. I'm talking about this from the last few years and you know the the conscious awareness of the work and yeah I've been talking about that but a lot of what's been coming up for me recently if I'm completely honest around all of this um you know January 2024 if I was to sum it up and I I wrote this out as much as I could on the discord server and it's in the Parhesia channel if you want to go and read my actual thoughts and I've been sharing a lot on the discord server um if you want to ever go check it out is before tarot, before astrology, and I, hey, I found astrology when I was 12. So we're talking before, right? Before tarot, before astrology, before I got ill, before Aquarian Insight, before, you know, I went to uni, before I got ill, before all of the, and these were all massive points in my life, right? There is a person that is me that has always been there. That I've always been me. So a lot of this period for me has been about remembering who I am. And one of the greatest realizations that I've had is the thing that's really changed in the whole of this time is my level of awareness of who I am. Right. You know, even talking about spiritual awakenings. I don't know about you guys, but if I really look back now and, you know, I just turned 48 um a few weeks ago if I really look back at you know spiritual awakenings the first kind of one that I had where I realized there was more to me than just physical I was about nine years old or third year in middle school however old that makes you was it third year second year something like that so ten, nine or 10 right so that's that's and hey um I think that would have been my first Saturn opposition as well, not Saturn sorry, my first nodal opposition, the North Node would have been in Taurus, uh, when you hit nine that's usually your first nodal opposition at that age and I read a book by Roldal about this fabulous guy called Henry Sugar, if you guys know that story, Netflix did it, I did talk about it in a video as well when I watched it on Netflix and that's when I realised that, that you know it wasn't, it wasn't even like magical thinking. It was like, oh, wow, that I could meditate. And that was the first time I started meditating. And I was very lucky. I came home. I told my mum about this book and I said I wanted to meditate. And I remember my dad was at work and my mum, we sat there on the carpet um, in a circle, me, my mum and my three sisters. And the youngest would have only been about three so we're about two years apart, all of us. So three, five, seven, and me nine. So roughly, right around those ages. And with my mum, and we sat there and meditated on this candle. That was that. You know, I was a kid, and I wasn't aware of why I was doing it. It just fascinated the hell out of me that maybe you know this practice, and it was a practice. That's why I did it. The I knew that to do the things that Henry Sugar did you had to practice, right? Meditation. And I still remember, and it, Tuesday, you have guys heard me every time I pulled the tiger card from the wild unknown um, animal spirit. I talk about Tritaka. That was, been doing it since I was nine years old. Um I still can't see through the backs of cards, right? <laughs> the way Henry Sugar could, but I managed to do something a lot more fabulous than just being able to see through the backs of cards. I think so. Anyway, But if I think about that journey all the way from nine and, you know, then finding astrology, then exploring all this stuff, you know, religion, exploring religion, you know, I had, I had studied every religion by the time I was 14 and, you know, declaring I was an atheist then and my rational thinking time and all of this, all of this exploration, learning things, interacting with the world in different ways from wherever I was during that period. But It was the awareness of me as a a person that changed at each point, right? Does that, you know, anything that I interacted with, tarot, astrology, religion, meditation, um, you know, my love of reading and I read that book or, um, when I got ill and was forced, right? Forced in a bed and just had myself my recriminations, my shame, my guilt, my lack of everything, my social isolation, the pain, right? The the physical pain, the symptoms, my whole journey with that. All of it was a a revealing of who I am, right? To myself, this revelation. And so if I was to sum up what I talked about in the last talk, it is the awareness of self. I was sharing with you the end product of this journey at this point. It's not the end, right? I hope I've got years yet and hopefully and, and, you know, through that, I'll, I'm going to meet more of myself through that. I'll become even aware of even more parts of myself. And that's what I was hoping to, to show there. Not that you have to find the same versions of you in yourself that I found in me. You don't have to do things the same way as me. You don't have to believe the same things as me. You don't have to feel the same way as me, right? That none of that was that. And one of the th- uh, one of my frustrations, right? And I, I'm just gonna own it. And I love it. Just, just so we're clear, I love frustrate frustrations. I would not have had the breakthrough. To do this talk this way, if I hadn't gotten frustrated. So, if you know me, then you know that when I get frustrated, when I get angry, when I get upset, when I'm grieving, when I feel but hurt, when I feel shame, when I feel any of those things, though those are sometimes greater gifts to me because of what I outlined in the last talk, greater gifts to me than if. I was satisfied or happy or content or joyful. I love those moments too, right? That's what balances it. I mean, that's how I know I'm frustrated because I know when I'm content and satisfied. So I, I need both. It's not like I'm frustrated all the bloody time. That's when I've got a problem. But usually I'm at an even keel and some emotion will come up. And that is a gift to me. That is a gift to be able to experience something. And so one of the most frustrating things that I get is this idea that I'm prescribing to you the right way of doing anything. I don't fucking know the right way to do anything. I don't. And I say that to you not to not take ownership of what I'm, I think 100 percent ownership of what I'm saying I say that to you because I know this I know there's a number of you out there who could be doing what I'm doing who should be doing what I'm doing who have something to say who have a story to tell who has a journey that somebody else out there needs to hear but because you don't know in yourself or you don't have that feeling within yourself and I get this you know I've gone through all of this I feel this because you don't feel like you have the right to say it or that you've got some kind of um you're not certified to say it or whatever the fuck right that you know that I need to be right to say this right I'm I'm saying this for you in that I don't know what is the right thing for you to do as as speaking generally in a video to, you know, if there's 10 different people here, I definitely don't know what 10 different people listening to this need individually each. But all I can share with you is the most precious thing that I have, which is me, which is how I see the world, which is uniquely who I am, authentically who I am, right? Is to show up from that place. Now, here's the thing as as a person who likes to hear people's stories, and I engage with others, you know, even if someone is trying to tell me what to do, as if anyone could, right? But if someone is trying to tell me what to do, I even will hear that as a nice statement. I said that in the last talk, right? So I kept saying this, that, you know, no one can tell you right now. It's all up to you. I've been saying it in the weeklies and stuff. And the frustrating thing still is, is, you know is this notion that I'm trying to tell you what to do now I don't care like you know from one level if that's the only way that someone can hear what I'm saying then hey let it be right that's that's not my job I can't control I'm not responsible for what anyone hears or how anyone reacts but that frustration that I felt in that moment what I realized was you know what I need to take ownership of what I'm saying. I need to make the I statement. It's not enough just to say it in a detached, right, you know, Aquarian way, detached way of, well, guys, this is, and tell nice little stories and quotes and all the rest of it. I'm going to tell you in in my life, you know, the kinds of, I'm going to give specific examples of where I am, who I am, how I am. And again, I will say it one last time. I'm not saying it after this. I'm not saying you need to see any of those things the same way that i do i say what i how i see the world how i feel what goes on with me because i want you to show up in the same way i want to know who you are authentically uniquely how do you see the world now here's the selfish part and it's completely selfish and it's Part of my hierophant. In fact, let me just get into the hierophant, hierophant, hierophant part, right? That's one of the bits that usually gets cut out when I say hierophants, but hey, we'll stick with that. Um, in terms of me connecting and sharing, right, with the world, having done all of this internal work and, you know, I'm showing up from this place of, with this dance now that I do right showing up from complete self-awareness knowing that I am still a human being knowing that I still get angry I still get annoyed I get frustrated I get triggered I get upset you know because I'm a human being I haven't turned into a zombie I haven't you know ascended out of this physical reality I have emotions I have reactions that's why I enjoy books so much that's why I enjoy stories so much that's why I enjoy movies so much I don't want to give that up I don't want to be some kind of zen, you know. Anything could happen, and it's all fine. I don't want to be that person. I want to cry when I watch movies. I want to laugh so hard that I, that I cry from that too. That I can't breathe. I'm laughing so much that you know I'm snorting drinks out of my nose and stuff. I want to be that person. I want to even like feel pain and hurt and all of that. I want to feel all of it because then when I engage with other human beings, it just makes everything more meaningful, everything richer, more nuanced and complex. And so that was one of the things that I talked about in the last one, right? It's even distressing emotions, even all of that stuff that comes up. It's not trying to not feel that, right? I'm not saying, because I don't do that. I want to be passionate. I want to be angry. I want to be annoyed. I want to be all of these things. It's not, I'm not living my life. I'm not here doing this despite, you know, that I get like that. It's because I get like that. Because I'm passionate. Because I fully feel whatever it is that comes up. But I take ownership of what I feel. That's where things fuck up. When I, and it did fuck up for me for a lot in my life. You know, that's when I was trying to be around people, not be around people, do this, do that, whatever. I was doing things for the wrong reasons for myself. Because I was running away from emotions, which are an integral part of who I am as a human being on this planet. And if there's anything that I've learned, it's to feel my feelings in a better way. And I say this as an Aquarius... I say this as you know Aquarius is often portrayed I think as this kind of detached cold you know doesn't feel a thing no the water bearer bears the water right but that water is my water that's what I've realized it's my jug it's my water and I get to decide who I share it with and how I share it that's the difference So when I say love right and it it hurts to love right it does hurt to love but it also brings peace to love brings joy to love right this these are all experiences of of just loving and I've got that very Aquarian thing right And, and, and you know I've literally had this said to me that it can't be love it's not love you know, that what I describe isn't love. And I, I beg to differ and say, for me, it is love. In that I have love for... I have love for everyone, and I mean that, right? And I think we conflate everything, you know. I'm, I wasn't going to do the we thing. Me, I know I have conflated things in the past, right? Who is worth loving and who is not worth loving. And I used to say that when... I used to believe that love was something we gave to people as a gift and then we could snatch back when we were hurt. Keep it in the wee thing. Just take it as the royal wee. I'm talking about myself. Um, so I do, I do love everyone. And I was thinking about this because, I, like I said, I've been thinking a lot around not just what I've learned not just how i've learned to have awareness of myself and the processes and what goes on but who i am as a human being who i've always been and i've always been curious always been curious you know right back down to when i was younger and i grew, i've told the story so many times but very briefly that i grew up in a family who did believe in supernatural stuff you know um all my my both my mum's side of the family and my dad especially my dad's which is the family that I had the most contact with growing up um believed in supernatural entities believed in possession believed in demons believed in ghosts believed in hauntings believed in all of that stuff and that's terrifying me right and hey I'm gen x an 80s kid so no one really cared if the kids were listening or not when that stuff was getting talked about um and so I was terrified of that but my curiosity always saved me of like you know oh, I'm gonna go get some books and read about this and find out what it is like knowledge is power let me go if I can figure this out then you know I, I won't be afraid of it and I did that from a very young age um but that curiosity was always there and where was I going with that See, this is what have been one of those bits where I would have paused it or cut the blank out so I'm trying to think now um oh yeah so you know who I who I've always been is that and so then when I found out about serial killers when I found out that there were actual human beings in the world who would take someone else's life out out. I don't know I didn't know that that was mind-boggling to me I was still a kid when I found out about serial killers I mean I was reading people like Stephen King and Dean Koontz before I was even 15 so I knew that people did horrible things and so i became obsessed with serial killers not because i was fa- fascinated with what they were doing like I, I i was disgusted i've always been very squeamish believe it or not Um my family still does it um when they're watching something they'll say jay don't look right if, if there's a scene because they i can't handle you know um things people getting cut or stabbed or hurt or blood like i don't like that kind of stuff um, I feel the pain I have empathy pains from seeing that it wasn't because of what they did I needed to understand why another human being would do that so I've always been fascinated by human beings human nature uh, interest in psychology in philosophy um, all of this stuff just understand human beings were so fascinating and that just got you know just has intensified over my life um, just learn different things, become more nuanced, looked at different schools of thought, but it always comes back to people for me. And so I do love people, you know, absolutely love people and not just as, as the Leo King said to me when he did my astrology reading. Um, which yeah, this is factual, an Aquarian thing of, you know, like a monkey in the cage in the lab. And I'm making my notes and go, ooh. And even he said to me, he goes, you love people. Cause I said, I love people. He goes, you do love people. He goes, but you love them from behind a glass screen. You love them from, you know, like this lab animal that you're studying and you love that. And I, I've done that. Admit it. I totally admitted it. Even when he said it, I thought, yeah, he's right. He's got a point. I've always done that. I've always loved from afar. I've always appreciated from afar. And I still in some ways can do that you know I can still um appreciate from afar want to understand because for me ultimately if I had to reduce down into a sentence like what is love what is love right love for me is to accept accept someone exactly as they are so every time I say I love you what I'm saying to you is I accept you exactly as you are now that to me is a very specific definition for what love is that's unconditional love I don't need you to be any other way than you are you be you but and part of this if you think about it right is that I've gone through all of that internal like what is love got my heart broken understood what love is and whatever how do I feel loved that's what self-love is to me self-love for me is to love myself, to accept myself exactly as I am in any given moment, that I'm not something that needs fixing. I'm not something that needs adjusting. I'm not something that's broken. I'm not something that's disgusting. I'm not anything. And and even if I am those things, you know, I don't always, I'm not always stellar, right? I don't have stellar moments all the time. Sometimes I have some awful moments where I can just make big mistakes and do whatever. That's when I need to accept who I am even more just sit with myself and be there now that's hard right that is difficult because that's the bit that I talked about in the high priestess when I was talking about the high priestess when I said we can get stuck here because I can look at someone and I realize it's all I statements right I've done my whole inner work I know who I am I know why I show up this way I have my relationship with my feelings blah blah etc I got it right and I would get stuck in I'd see someone and That behavior was awful to me. Like, you know, it was not respectful of me, not whatever. But then I'd tell myself, okay, but why do you need someone's respect? You shouldn't need someone's respect. Oh, whatever. Like, you know, all of this stuff that would go on. And so I wouldn't act. I'd just let people say whatever they wanted to and be whoever they were. That is still just the high priestess. That's the passive. When I would say the high priestess is passive, that's the passive high priestess, but she is not enough. And I see the world through the tarot. I I literally think that I, th- you know how, I don't know what languages you guys speak. So obviously English, right? So I th- think in English, but I can also think in Punjabi, like beyond, like I don't think I, I think in French. I can speak French and I speak it really well at one time. I didn't maintain it, but I don't think in French. There's a conversion that happens when I speak French of what I mean in English. And then I convert it into French. But Punjabi, because I've been exposed to it since I was a kid, I can think in Punjabi. Like I know what's going on. There's this kind of language around that. But I literally think in tarot as well, because I've been speaking that language for so long. So that's why it's easier to use those examples um, when I'm having these kinds of talks. And so, yeah, the high priestess can be passive and I used to be passive. And I think that's the part that we kind of Um, i'm not gonna say the we. that's the part that i used to kind of really find difficult in that this isn't fair you know that i want to hold space do the whole spiritual thing but then i feel like a toilet i feel like i'm getting dumped on i feel like this person just keeps kind of complaining i don't want to fucking hear this conversation again right so that i was having all of that internal stuff but just thinking well that's my problem then isn't it like you know if i can't handle it that's my problem if i can't um if this is upsetting me then it's only my problem if this is just frustrating to me, then I guess it's my problem. And that was a really difficult kind of place to be in. I didn't know how to act. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what was empowering it in that moment to like feel this stuff. Um And don't get me wrong, right? Even before that, even before this Aquarian Insight, this incarnation of Aquarian Insight, this was like 2015, 2016. I'd say that period from about... Probably a bit before that, as well, so maybe like the early twenty tens right, so from about twenty ten to twenty fifteen was five or six years from there i got I got really good, good in quotes at boundaries in that I understood like I had all these kind of rules and ways of thinking around um I'm not gonna think for anyone, right I can't expect someone to think for me, and I had learned all this from being ill. I can't expect anyone to think for me because when I want people to think for me, it's because I'm uncomfortable saying it. So when I say like, isn't it obvious? Why, why didn't you know that? How do you not know this? It's common sense. You know, all of these, these were all like red flags that I was expecting someone to to think for me because I felt uncomfortable saying it. So that used to be one of my rules then, like no one is allowed to think for me right but then i also wasn't allowed to think for someone else why because i used to think this stuff oh god is she pissed off with me or she did that what does that mean or maybe she's annoyed with me now of course i'm going to think that about other people because i'm not saying it if i'm not saying how i feel when i feel like shit then obviously i expect other people to do the same to me right do you see how that works so that's so i i stopped uh, i you know i I I had that as a very clear definite rule um of I'm not going to think for other people but other people are not allowed to think for me either that unless we've not honestly sat there and said it that's not a thing it's not a thing doesn't matter what and sometimes you know you can know people really well like you know people really well and you can ask them you know oh I, is that okay has that upset you you know and you know it has right you know it has even the uh, the same with me when I was pissed off and someone would say are you pissed off with that and I'd say no like you know lied I didn't think I was lying because I'd justify it in my head right that no I'm not pissed off I'm gonna look stupid I'm gonna look stupid if I say I'm pissed off so I'm not you know I'm not really pissed off like just trying to explain it away so because I'm doing that then I expect other then I have that expectation from other people so that's where I got really clear on, you know, either I, I say it clearly and other people must say it clearly to me or it's not a thing. I'm not going to factor it in. Um, and that's I've done that largely since then, like for a very long time now. I've I've been living my life that way. Uh, and that comes from being codependent because I used to just guess what people needed or wanted and stuff and act from that place. And I've made it much more about allowing myself room to speak and allowing others. But even with all of that, right, even with all of that, when it came 2015, 2016, this is where I thought I had really great boundaries. And at the time, I felt really strong doing it. Um But later found out and later it turned out that I wasn't really, I, I think it was a quite bullying behaviour, if I'm completely honest now. Um And I hate the idea of being a bully, guys, because I was bullied so much as a kid. I had eczema. I was covered in eczema from head to toe. So I was really bullied. I was the excluded kid. I was, like, you know, just bullied in the worst ways possible. And so I I don't like bullying behaviour. I've always been extra sensitive about that. And I've always... And I've overcompensated, if I'm completely honest. I've overcompensated for being afraid to be a bully I've overcompensated for it so you know the f- the first time somebody reacts in a certain way to me I will like just back up like back the fuck up because it's like oh no I'm a bully that doesn't make me a bully and even if someone feels bullied by me it doesn't mean I'm bullying so you know now that's where I am now I understand that these are all dances right this is all behavior that stems from the internal work do you see that I don't really I mean I'll get into the more of the specifics of it and talk about the tarot in a moment but these are just examples of things that have come up um in a very real way for me. And so, you know, I'd never wanted to be a bully. So if somebody got upset, you know, then if someone gets upset by me, then that makes me a bully. No, it doesn't. People get upset all the time. I cannot take ownership of other people's upset. I could take ownership if I'm trying to upset someone, then that's on me. Right. But Uh, you know that part i can control i don't have to go after people but the whole thing around boundaries what i was doing was come up with all these rules but trying to get people again so i didn't have to deal with certain behaviors and people that's what that was when really what i have realized now is and this is what i mean by that that dance that that you know i was talking about in last time's talk in that it's not a boundary is not what I have to deal with in other people it's how it's my commitment to myself of how I'm going to deal with it and so you can have or you know I've had some very kind of dodgy boundaries I mean it was still a, a um a win in one sense in that at least I was attempting to have boundaries at least I was okay with saying no I'm not doing that you can't say that to me whatever you know and I gave examples of that I think um Last time I gave an example of that, right? So I understand that in, in, I've seen it in other people where we stand up for ourselves. That's, that's a big deal. Uh, we, we're still overcompensating and being a little bit more aggressive than needed in standing up. And I've done that, but I realized that my boundaries were a bit off in that they were still trying to get the outside world to treat me in a certain way. That's what I was trying to do. And I don't do that now. Oh, I mean, I must still do it. You know, there's no way that you, ever I'd stop doing that completely. But I think I'm more aware of when and how I do it and why I do it. And there was one other example that I wanted to give around this. So one of them was that was the boundaries thing. I mean, and think about that, right? So if the inner work is the high priestess, the recognition of say codependency and, you know, I'm not saying this and I'm not voicing my concerns or whatever, then the Hierophant, right, is the rules. If you, if you look at the Hierophant card, the Hierophant card, the pillars are not black and white. They're gray, right? They're gray, like you know, the blending of the two and they're both the same, identical either side, much more symmetrical, much more. This is how it is. This is what we stand for. The Hierophant are the rules, um, the traditions, the path that's got us here. It's power, it's authority, it's learning, right? How, what we learn, um, it can be a university, it can be a religious institution. But if you think about it, we're taught in a very structured way. It's structure. That's what the Hierophant is. So at each point of my development and my learning, right, you know, whatever I've tried to build new structures from that. So even having a boundaries, even if I'm really shit at, you know, coming up with boundaries, if I'm trying to police other people and, you know, change other people, but that's still a, a structure that I'm coming up with. And at some point I realize, okay, this is not a very great structure. So it changes. And, um, but what I think it's important to look at is, you can't just jump straight from the high priestess to the hierophant. I think that's what I did, right? So I have this realization about myself and then I jump straight to the hierophant. But there are two cards in between the high priestess and the hierophant. And I, I'd like to talk about them because one of them represents, um, the north node, the emperor, and the other one represents the ruler of the south node, Venus. And also as the ruler of, taurus um you know if we're gonna really get into all these this astrological stuff that's going on as well so if i'm looking at the tarot and you know i have all of this whatever we cycles right we cycle through this stuff all the time so i have this high priestess epiphany awareness of oh my god like you know i'm trying to think of one that i've had recently that may Well, I've had a really big one around the channel, right? Around who I am, um, around how I want to show up in the world. And that's kind of magician. You know, if you take it back even a step before the high priestess of what I know and the tools that I have and the confidence to use them in a way to manifest something else. Uh, I've just recently stepped away from doing personal readings. And part of that is because the very querying thing of wanting to focus on the collective and on humanity and showing up in a more humanity way but also that thing that I said right at the beginning about embodiment i want to embody what it is and an i statement i'll say is an i statement right that for me right now to just sit around and reflect on my own shadow my own inner work how does this feel for me it's too self-indulgent right you know it's self-indulgent it's self-obsessed it's the kind of individualism that I do not want to promote. So I, I, work, I don't want to function from that place in my own life. It's not just about me. I'm a believer in people, in working with people, in collaborating with people. Um I have a ton of beliefs and values. I mean, that's part of the hierophant as well. I have a ton of beliefs and values um that are connected to that. I think the best we show up from the best place or I show up. I show up from the best place when other people are involved. Um, you know, a, very stupid example, but for example, if I'm just going to cook dinner for myself, I just probably fry up some eggs or do something like that, right? You know, it's just me. Um, or if I, if it's just me on my own in the evening, I'll just read a book or do something else. And yet, you know, if I know like yesterday, my sister was coming over and then we we're going to hang out with my mum and dad. So I I cooked like a full dinner and uh, made all this other stuff that I wouldn't do for myself. I got creative with what I was making because I want all of us to get together and experience this together. There's something about experiencing things with other people that I think is amazing. And yeah, this all stems from my own high priestess, inner searching, inner whatever, when I was socially isolated for seven years. When, you know... I, I've realized the importance of people in my own life, and I'm one of those people that have experienced it. And I'm, and hey, before you hear that and think whatever, whatever it is that you think, I have always seen. I'm an introvert, so it costs me to be around people. And I'm a person who, who every dream that I ever had, right? And I say dream again in quotes. Every dream I ever had up until like the last however many years was to get away from people right the the cabin by the lake on its own on a mountain or to have enough money so that I never have to deal with anyone again right or to be financially independent so I don't need to work with people so I don't need to do whatever so it's not like those kinds of thoughts or feelings are not alien to me I've had them you know and you know I still I can still feel it sometimes come up you know when I've had a tough time it's like oh fuck I just want to be alone in that mountain natural it's natural as a human being to feel that but what I realized was that all of my dreams were to do with making my life easier so I didn't have to deal with um you know i'm the one of the most wonderful things that ever happened to me is that I never won the lottery. I'm so fucking glad that I never won the lottery because I would be just a fucked up person alone on the mountain um with absolutely even less resilience than I've got now like I wouldn't be resilient at all if anyone happened to trek on the the mountain, I'd have no social graces, no social anything. I've had to speak to someone I'd be go into hermit mode right um because the more I believe I would have indulged my own hermit mode the more I would have um gotten worse at dealing with people. I wouldn't want anyone around me. So I'm glad. I'm glad I never won the lottery or hit it big or could ever afford um that cabin alone in the mountains because people are not the problem. People are just people. It's my own resilience and ability to deal with them and not knowing how to deal with my own emotional reactions to those kinds of situations. So... Hey, that's something that i think is a, a wonderful thing that happened to me which i can look back at as a gift now um even though i've had the same wishes oh my god i don't want to be around anyone or deal with anyone um i mean i literally had that those kinds of feelings about my family and that, then i moved away and i, I you know i was a, a couple of times in my life i've been away from my family lived by myself done everything like even like hey i'm spending christmas by myself those kinds of things um and then i was forced to move back and that's when I had no options or choices I had to deal with it and now I don't have a problem like you know with with my family or I don't have any I don't have any kind of um leanings I don't want to get away from them or do whatever um that's I don't have that so you know this has all come from my own high, high priestess, my own hierophant of having to deal with how do I manoeuvre, what are the structures around here, how do we learn about each other, how do we act with each other, what are the traditions, what are the rituals, what are the routines, wh- how do we interact with each other. Now I want to go back to the love part for a moment. I haven't forgotten the Empress and Emperor, getting back to them. There's a lot that I'm trying to include in this and this is how I think. I, all of this stuff is present, all, you know, and it, and hey, maybe this is not even Aquarian. I could say it's my Mars in Gemini. My Mars in Gemini is takes all of this, the stuff that Aquarius sees. I've got a Virgo boon, so I see everything as well. And then it's, I act, I do, one, I do it. It all comes down to one action or this is what I'm going to do. Or, but I take all of this. So it's difficult for me to make a point because it would be untruthful. That's how I see it if I just came on here and said oh it's this 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 because of this that's bullshit that's not how I thought it through that's not how I came to that conclusion that's not the process that I went through um the the example that I gave on the discord server the other day is and I have got habit of doing that right is when something comes up it's like a pinata for me like I would just smash the shit out of it and then you guys are like oh here here guys here's the candy that's what I do I'm not doing that anymore so that's part of my hierophant change of how I show up the dots is, you know, maybe it'll be a little bit more long-winded and a lot of ums and coughings and what the fuck was I talking about? But hey, th- f- at least for the moment, that's what I'm doing. Um, there you go. Uh, so in terms, of, and I've totally lost my train of thought where I was going, like, saying all of that, but when I, I was talking about the mountain that yeah so every dream had had been about you know being away from people and I don't have that I don't have that feeling anymore of needing to do that because I've gotten better at dealing with it I can see things more clearly I knew myself better it's not even about understanding other people better I can't understand other people until I understand myself and I've done that before as well Picked people apart analyze them what is the problem with this person right um same with, uh, as I did with the serial killers. Why, why is this person like this? Oh, I know I was going to talk about love. So yeah. So when I say that I love everyone, that blanket statement, I have to understand what love is. That's the awareness. So yes, a love, love is that you accept people the way that they are. That's, this is all high priestess. So internally, I feel love and all of this stuff, but the hierophant is what, so you're going to let every single person in your house. Every, anyone can say anything to you anyone can do anything to you that because you love them no because that's not what love is mutual i'm i want mutually supportive relationships and those are the relationships that i enjoy i have loads of relationships that i don't enjoy as well i'll be completely honest and i get a lot out of them because i come up with things I i meet different parts of myself i get to be someone um or see parts of myself that I am that I wouldn't in any other context so I do not just want sanitized clean relationships in my life but this is the hierophant the practice right what I do how do I express my love I can love every single person and I do I do and that's really hard and I know that when I used to say this you know what I used to get asked oh what about the the rapists the pedophiles and who's the other one that always comes up murderers rapists pedophiles and murderers I don't love a rapist because they're a rapist. I don't love a paedophile because they're a paedophile. I don't love a murderer because they're a murderer. Right? There are distinctions that can be made. I love them because they're human beings. There was once a little baby. I don't know what happened to that little baby. I don't know what happened there. I know I'm part of something bigger. I know I'm part of this cosmic design or this divine or whatever you want to call it. This universal cosmic energy. More about unified presence. I know there's a reason that person is here in this reality at the same time as me. I know I'd feel great hurt and pain. I'd be destroyed if someone like that did th- that, you know, awful stuff to someone that I loved. That doesn't mean I still can't love them because love is unconditional. You don't need people to be a certain way to love them. However, love isn't the only thing, love does not, is not everything, just because you love someone that doesn't make or break a relation, like you, do you know what I mean, that ideally I believe that we have, if we love all of ourselves, we love everyone and I think that, and I don't think that's something that we do or don't do, I think that's our natural core ability but if you look deep down enough inside of yourself, you will find that you love everyone. What I think I have found uh, that I'm able to say that is that love, there are things that I used to bundle up into love, which are not love. They're separate from it in some ways. So trust, right? I can love someone dearly, but not trust them. And so those things have room as well. So there are people in my life that I, I would I would say I love him I absolutely love him you know and but do I trust them and what does that mean that you know if I've had a bad day is there every single person in my life that I can go up to and you know hope to be heard or seen or or that someone would care about me no just because I love someone it doesn't mean that they give two shits about me that they wouldn't stab me right, that they wouldn't steal from me, that they wouldn't mug me, you know, that, that I think is a very important distinction to make, and that's, that's part of the hierophant, that yeah, you might have all these internal feelings and whatever, so in the same way, just because, you know, um, I'm afraid of someone, you know, I'm afraid this person's volatile, they're violent, they're abusive, they're all, they might be all of these things, right, it doesn't mean that I hate them because of that, it doesn't mean that, you know, just because I don't want to be alone in a room with them or alone out on the street with them in the middle of the night. Um, that doesn't mean anything. That's the Hierophant. And the meeting has to be of the two of them. And it's the understanding that with the High Priestess, we have this spiritual, ethereal connection with things. Now, why do I say that? How can I say this thing, right? Of that all of these feelings that come up because there's I always used to say this if you guys remember that when you have a feeling there is a pause between the feeling and how you act it's not like you punch someone in the face and say Oh, well he made me angry or you know he tried to he leered at my girl or something right and you punch him in the face no that's not an automatic response that is not you had a choice you know I have an option of how to react when I feel something and honestly i I don't always stop long enough to take that pause i could i could could I get better at taking that pause and feeling it Yes, absolutely I could. I've gotten a lot better than I used to be, but I'm not perfect you know i I can get annoyed, I can get upset, I can get all of those things, but it's structures that I have in place of and then how do I do this and so if we go in between that high priestess, right, who knows all this internal stuff and the hierophant, how we show up, how we exhibit our faith, the structures that we have, the institutions that we have, how what we know internally about ourselves, um, what it is outside in the world. I'm doing the we thing again. Um, the how it is outside in the world, you know, how I show up out in the world. And hopefully the we thing is showing you guys, I know how difficult it is. But inside I know every statement's an nice I statement. So after I know what's going on inside of me, the empress, what am I trying to birth in that moment? What am I creating from that what what am I giving life to? When I feel whatever I feel inside of myself, what am I giving life to? And that is brilliance. That is the brilliance part. It's feminine energy again, right? So what is born? What is gestated? Now if I feel hurt or paid or what what was the example I gave in the last one? Oh, um, about somebody using someone as a doormat. Yeah, that, right? So what do I want to give birth to? And what version of myself do I want to give birth to? Because I have an opportunity. Every moment I have an opportunity to birth a version of me what am I going to give birth to? What am I, what is gestating? Now, at first, you know, that wasn't always something that I consciously was trying to birth. It would be more like witness, right? So if I'm witnessing hurt and pain, what is being birthed is a story of how I'm a chump, how I'm a doormat, how I'm useless, how no one gives a fuck about me, how I'm unloved, right? All of this stuff, that's what used to come be birthed from that. And so when it got to the emperor... Then I would be an arsehole. I'd be the most arsehole part of the emperor that you could be. Cause that felt strong. Right? That felt be, uh, being in control. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. So that is the process. And then the rules are made out of that. Right? That, hey, and that's when I was talking about that unhealthy part of my boundaries. If, if I'm, if I don't have any conscious awareness of what I'm birthing, And I'm not doing it from a place of brilliance, not place of ownership. So if my high priestess, let me give you an example of this. So if my high priestess, I'm trying to think of one, a real one. Mm, I don't know. I can't think of one now. But if my high priestess is all, you know, uh, hey, I'll even do it as I'll do it as an empath, right? So I can feel something. So I can feel that this person's not in the right place, right? This person's not in the right place. But as the high priestess, right, now I would know I'm picking up this person's not in the right place, either because I've not been in the right place, I'm not in the right place right now, or, you know, I'm headed in that direction, like, you know, at some point, but I have a relationship with what I'm projecting onto this person, like, I can feel that, or I have felt it, so I recognise it, I wouldn't be able to recognise it if I didn't experience it. And then, so, then, without thinking, right, without thinking, I blurt something out and it could be someone that I love so then the empress the nurturing holding space quality of the empress is going to maybe kind of go in and try to help because that's how what nurturing and loving is right so instead of making it about me I'm making about that person oh they need my help I can help them I'm being kind you know I'm gonna go and give them some unsolicited advice or something and they turn around and say you know as i hope anyone would to say jake shut up like you know you, you know it all that you know everything and you just why are you getting involved in stuff did i say i had a problem you know whatever they come out with my emperor is going to raise its ugly head and my emperor is going to say well fuck you it was just trying to help you you are just so like whatever blah 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 right ego ego shows up ego's all hurt I didn't get a pat on the dick for trying to help this person. So now I'm going to, my ego's going to react and show power. And so then I make a rule, right? Well, screw people. I ain't going to fucking help people anymore. That hierophant, um, screw this person. I'm going to dance with them. I'm not even going to dance on this dance floor with them. I don't want to know them. Well, you missed out, buddy. It's your problem now. I tried to help you. You didn't want it. So screw you. This is a lot of what we do. And then if you kind of think about it, right, if you want to take it even further, lovers, instead of talking about it with this person you go off to, or I'd go off to, say, a friend or someone and say, oh my God, did you, do you know what happened? Repeat the whole story because this person will give me a little pat on the dick. Someone's going to give me a pat on the head. Oh no, Jay, you poor thing, man. You're so kind. You're so nice. Look how much you try to help people. They're not even, they're not even grateful. People are not even grateful for that. And that's it. It's all good. Then I'm like, yeah, see, it wasn't me. It was the other person because so-and-so said so. See, it's not just me. Other people see this as well. I hate that shit. I hate that shit. And I say that as someone who did that shit for the longest time. And that's why I make these talks. And that's how I know. And that stuff is, you know, I know the feeling of having gone through that and then going to bed at night and still thinking about it or still feeling it in my chest or the un- discomfort that comes about from being around those people then. Because sometimes, yeah, you can come out of your life. Sometimes you still have to work with them. Sometimes you still have to sit across from them at the Christmas dinner table. For me, that's not a healthy way of dealing with people. That's not a loving way of dealing with people. And it's a. V- you know, the more, and it wasn't even because I was trying to fix it. When I was doing that, that wasn't a problem to me. That was in an empowered way. That was a show of might. That was a show of strength. That was a show of no one's going to fuck with me. Like, you know, if they know what they're going to get, if they say some shit to me. So it wasn't a problem. It was only in exploring these kinds of notions, doing readings, understanding cards, seeing these themes, embodying the themes, reflecting on them in myself that I realized this is a problem right that to behave in this way or you know that I'm doing this I'm rejecting parts of myself that where's my curiosity if I've decided this about someone where's the curiosity and then why do I get so pissed off when people do it to me right if I did it to everyone else then I've given the world permission to do it to me as well so I'll give you some like you know a lot of this internal stuff of and from coming from a place of that I truly truly believe I love everyone um I there are some I have certain if you know with people in my life the closest I'll just talk about my closest relationships some of my closest relationships that I have um they're all built on trust like if I don't and what do I mean by trust I I'd hope that you wouldn't go around telling people shit that i had told you right you know and that kind of trust but i also mean trust as in i can be vulnerable with you have you ever tried that try to be vulnerable about someone so you know if if you're upset right and or i've I've done this before that because i always used to have the answer for everyone when they were upset you know i i used to help them or do whatever and so if i got upset about something or something was wrong that was an opportunity for someone else to kind of just jump in and like exploit that in a way right exploit my vulnerability to make themselves feel better right again how do i know that because i've probably done that to people that you know oh i can feel i can be the i can be the savior i can be the one that saves this person now that you know i can come in and give my they've given me so much advice and stuff so i can come in and give them advice um so that's one of my things is i mean again it all boils down to if you love me then accept me for who i am and and i mean that from a place of not that you accept everything that i will do to you that's the same that's the same thing i have that i will love you for who you are but who you are is not what you do to me right so there's there's a distinction there our interaction is different and re- I don't think enough relationships have the hierophant. Like that part gets skipped um completely in that we don't have rules of engagement. We don't try to understand one another. We don't let each other be or have faith in what we have faith in and and do all of that kind of stuff. So um just I'll show you some traits of and these are not I haven't decided these things. I've been reflecting over the past year. Uh, I'm an Aquarius. So I had Venus retrograde in my seventh house. Um, Placidus it was in my eighth I've been reflecting on relationships a lot and I've said this before like you know where is there where there's no room for my experience in a relationship but someone dictates how the relationship goes that doesn't work for me um I'm not usually a huge fan of gossips right so I mean and complainers if I'm completely honest um we all have complaints I have complaints I have complaints right but when it's that thing of what I was describing before where it's just talking about how shit a person or a situation is I can handle that once I can't handle that repeatedly I can't I don't usually do very well with people who don't take ownership of what they're experiencing or feeling um in their lives right and that doesn't mean they take the blame they're just to be completely honest um with you guys and just clear right you know because I think that gets that gets mistaken so often um I'm not one of those fake love and light people in that everything we talk about has to be wonderful I think the most love and light thing that you can do is talk about a difficult conversation a really dark difficult you know conversation I think that is the most love and light thing that you can do because that is what needs the light that is what needs love in that situation um being all happy and everything's wonderful and isn't it all great right that that's like having all your lights on in the daytime right you know that's to me isn't yeah it might be loving and it might be light but what i mean by love and light is um if I a relationship matters to me i will talk about what's difficult um and deal with it from that place of self-awareness um what else i'm trying to think what other things come up don't know. This has already gone on for so long, guys. Oh, <laughs> it's not. I thought this would be like a half hour thing. Anyway, I wanted to share some of these right because I have a tour of South Node, and Uranus is only about three degrees away from my um my South Node at this as it squares this full moon. Uh, sorry, did I say full moon? New moon. A new moon that's happening in Aquarius. Hope I haven't been saying full moon. Um, I wasn't thinking about the full moon in six months though actually because I think that squares Uranus as well so there's a Uranian feel to this it's not enough just to feel a different way or to think a different way it's about showing up in a different way and again right not for me it's not about policing other people or me I can't expect you to understand what I'm saying in the way that I want to be understood now, that's something I've just stopped, that like given up on. But oh, I, n- I remembered where I'd lost track before, where I was talking about having stopped um, doing readings. So it only took me like 45 minutes. Um, yes, I've embraced being this collective reader or this collective person that d- does this stuff. But it's not enough just that I stopped doing readings. Um, one of the things that I've realised is, and this is what I was thinking about in my relationships as well, Is if, if someone engages with me, right, you know, and I've engaged with a lot of you. I've talked about it a lot recently. I've engaged with a lot of people through Aquarian Insight. I mean, solely through Aquarian Insight as Aquarian Insight. And one of the things when I was willing or, and when I was working one on one with people is no matter what someone brought to my table through my videos, I would engage. I would engage with them, right? And I'm no longer willing to do that. And that's something new that I've realized recently. And it's as a result of, um, it's as a result, and this is hierophant. What I'm describing here is hierophant territory. One of the reasons I won't do that is because if someone engages with me with curiosity, right? Which I'm here collectively putting out messages, uh, just sharing. I'm that's all I'm doing. I'm not teaching. I'm not advising. I'm sharing. You know what I've learned as a tarot reader. What I've as just a human being, as who I am, but being who, whoever the hell Jay is, right? I insight. I share that through this, um, lens and I'll be sharing more of myself in other places in different ways, but this is what I choose to do here. And there's a distinction that's come up for me, which is if what I talk about and you know, I'm not the greatest <laughs> communicator sometimes, right? You know, I look at the way I think, especially now it's going to be more of this because I'm more, um, Oh, committed that's the word i'm more committed to sharing exactly what goes on with them within me which is a lot of weird like in totally different directions and things just come in and pulling them all together and just speaking stuff like this for one hour however however long and so if someone's like you know um what did you mean by this or have I understood this correctly or you know can you explain a bit more about when you said x y and z that's curiosity that's trying to understand what I said that is like the most amazing gift someone can give you when it's like you know can you just break that down a little bit more I just want to make sure I understood this that that's fine but what I've realized that I did a lot of and I'm not doing it anymore is when you know, if there was a reaction to something, mean I've always said that, right, the message isn't the message, the reaction to the message is the message, so if somebody wants to know what the message is, more information on that, I'm in, I'm your girl, I will do it, I have no problem explaining that, but if you want me to justify your reaction to my message, that's not my fucking problem, right, and I've done that for years, if you think about it, right, in my client readings that I've done. In all of that kind of stuff. I can be responsible for what I say. I don't have to justify what I say. So I'm going to be completely clear on that as well. I've talked a lot about justification. I can share what I share. I can try to get better at sharing what I share. And I will meet any curiosity around, you know, trying to understand it as a collective person. But walking people through one at a time, through their experience of whatever it is, I just don't do that anymore, guys. Not as a Queer and insight. In my personal life, I do that, you know, one-on-one relationships or when I'm on the community server or whatever, I have no problem there. But as a Aquarian Insight, J Insight, that's not something that I do anymore. And I'm saying that after having done that for a long time, it's a different way of showing up, it's a different way of engaging, and I'm still figuring out. I don't know fully what that means. That's why I'm so grateful when anyone comments and they share you know, uh, I'm doing this, or this is what I'm going through, or this relates to my business plan, my relationship, my move, whatever. I love that stuff. I love that. Like, I'm not saying I don't love, I love that stuff. That's more this, that we show up and share who we are. But I'm not going to like justify certain things, or help people experience me in a way that is easier for them, right, based on the rules, Hierophant, that they've created about what I've said it was Gabor Mate who said this, he said that I am responsible for what I say, I'm not responsible for what, how you receive it, that's not that, and and that, I heard him say that a few months ago, I think it was in October or November, and it stayed with me that he said that, and I think that's so true, that's not what I'm responsible for, I am responsible for what I say, um, And for being as clear as I can be, which I'm not always, right? I mean, I don't know, because it's clear to me, but it may not, it's not always clear to the listener. And that's, that's absolutely fine. I will do that to people. So I just want to make sure I understood that because I don't always understand, right? Um, Because we're not in anyone's head. We're not thinking for other people. We don't know what they're saying. Now, Aquarius is, as a Sag, whole sign, Aquarius is my third house. Placidus is my second house. And as my son it's my first house so we can see that first second third who am i what is my worth or what do i value how do i communicate to that world that's first second third that's aries taurus gemini and this talk embodies that not in the best way not in the whatever way but that i accept that about myself now Whatever you take from this, whether it's the rambly nature of it, whether it's like, oh my God, she had the guts to post this, or whether it's what the fuck is going on here, right? Whatever it is, whatever you get from this, this is what Aquarius New Moon is. It means showing up authentically, whoever the hell you are, but taking ownership of it. No one has made me this person that I am today. This is who I am. And if I'm completely honest with myself, you know, with all the past erasing that I've done in my whole life, you know, going back to fix mistakes, the shadow work, um, trying to make peace with certain things, trying to, you know, find who to blame, then trying to forgive who to blame, you know, all of that fucking dance that we do in these communities and stuff that where I am right now is there's parts of who I am now. I've, I've always been that person. I've always been that person. It's just my level of awareness and my level of ownership has changed. And, you know, there's a lot that is said about Aquarius. Every single person has ever come to me and had Aquarius stuff, no matter, no matter what sign they were, there's one word I've always used for that part of their chart of what, and I'm, saying, I always have said things like, you are not conventional. Like you will always be unconventional in, I don't know how you do family, how you make your money, how you do have friends, like whatever, unconventional. What is unconventional about you? And I don't even mean to do with anyone else. We'll worry about that in Leo season and how you show up and do whatever. What's unconventional for you? What would be unconventional? This is unconventional, me doing this. I mean, I'm sure I've done shit like this before, but it's not my norm. Because I think when we talk about freedom, right? And uh, uh, in my own life, I've seen this. And, you know, it's always like Aquarians love freedom. As an Aquarian, the person who inhibited my freedom the most has always been me. The stories that I've told myself that I'm the alien. Nobody wants to know. No one's going to understand me anyway. I'm going to have to deal with this person if they do that, right? I don't have to. Those are things that that's what freedom is. Freedom is the ability to do what you want to do. And what did I always used to say that, you know, the only freedom that counts is the, is the freedom to be who you are. That's the greatest act of self love that you can do is to show up exactly as you are. Warts and all, misguided feelings, misguided intentions, all of that stuff. But then to grant others the same. The more you do it for yourself, the more you'll let other people do it as well. that's 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 what we're creating that's empress right and that's how we're showing up the emperor how we get the dance right is the hierophant how we come up with structures and ways that work for everyone i mean that's crumbling guys right that's why what do do you think i would say that with the hierophant the rules are changing because they are you don't have uranus and taurus and things stay the same the planet of change and innovation and revolution is in the most fixed earthy material sign that there is everything is changing you know what money is you know i've had a lot of astrologers talk about that of what money is that money changes right maybe maybe money changes right i don't know if it's crypto or whatever i think that is the most basic bitch way of looking at um uranus energy and hey that's not a put down that's one level. It's an important level because we all live on that physical, material level, right? It, it is a basic level. That's our basic needs, right, at, at the moment. But does that change? What abundance is? Does that change? How we share our gifts with each other is that? Does that change? Do we the what we consider to be transactions? Does that change? Yes, but that change comes from how we show up and how we change what we do differently um you know for me if I if I as an Aquarius Taurus is my fourth house but even Placidus um Uranus is in my fifth at the moment and as a Sag whole sign it's sixth it's a four five six you can see right you know that's half the chart that's a very personal half of the chart for me between the new moon and the square with Uranus if I look at Placidus, whole sign, and um, just my son, then I'm looking at themes of one, two, three, four, five, six. And if you look at your birth chart, that's the bottom half of your chart. That's you. That's not even, that's not anything to do with, that's, that's not anything to do with me outside in the world. That's all me, internally me, who I am. i not even got around to relationships yet, <laughs> right? What I do. And those are changing for me. They have been changing. There's just some things that, you know, and that, like, you know, I talked about complaining and gossiping. I have people that complain and gossip in my life. Do I ignore them? Do I cut them out of my life? No. But is there anything for me to be curious about? No. And I have made it clear. I've made it clear that I've just, guys, I'm not really, you know, it's like, oh, why are you so quiet? Cause I don't have anything to say, man. Like, you know, it's fair enough. I get it that you're upset. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've recognized is that maybe I could say more because I've seen it happen in a few relationships. Maybe I could say more, ask questions such as, you know, um, why do you think that, you know, you feel that way or why do you think, like to bring it back to the person? And I do it sometimes, but you know, sometimes people aren't interested in it and it's, that's cool. I don't want to force shadow work on people. I don't want to force people to look at themselves so they don't, that they don't want to but then they should not also be able to force and they're not right it's my choice force me to engage in shit that I don't want to engage in it's pointless to me I I really feel hurt when I hear that stuff because for me it feels like you know the, the way I would feel if someone was talking to about my sisters in that way and you could ask any of my sisters I don't do that I don't talk about one sister to another sister I don't talk about any family member to another family member. That's one of the things I'm known for. And because of that, there's a lot of responsibility that's always been put on me. Um, and I'm very careful about who I give my opinion to because it could be really easy for me to say, Oh my God, so and so just pissed me off. But when people respect your opinion and they know that you're, you're level headed and they respect your opinion that you know people and you've always give people the benefit of the doubt or whatever. Um, if I say in my family, if I say I don't like someone, that will have some weight to it. Because now everyone's going to turn and say, well, Jay doesn't like him. There has to be a reason. And they're going to start looking for reasons not to fi- like someone and they'll find them. So I take what I say with, I take great responsibility in what I say and who I talk about. Um, not because, you know, I'm taking myself too seriously or whatever, because that is a power we all have that if you're a like think about this right if we all went online and i don't know we picked someone and all of us even if there's like a hundred people that listen to this right if a hundred of us went and we started posting shit stuff about someone and we were resharing it as well each other's posts right there's going to be someone who looks at what we say and think oh shit like look there's a hundred people saying this that what do they know that i don't know and start believing us So we do have a responsibility of what we say and how we say it. That's the hierophant. But we have our own rules. Do you live by your own rules? Do I live by my own rules? I try very hard to. But my rules are always changing and they're changing as I change, right? Anyway, I'm going to leave it right here. This was a, a rambly one. This was a kind of very late at night, just my thoughts coming out. I'm going to share this as is, let me know what it means to you to be who you are, let me know how you feel about your own high priestess, how you show up, what rules are changing for you, not about other people but about how you show up, what do you like to engage with, what do you not like to engage with, what are the columns of your, you know, your temple, your Hierophant temple, what are you trying to give birth to, who are you really emperor there you go my lovelies i love you guys very much i'll see you next time but that's all for now goodbye